0: Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. If I haven't had the privilege of meeting you, uh, my name is Marty and together with Rachel we get the great privilege of leading uh, this location of Elevation. And so, uh, as Chris already mentioned, um, Legacy uh, is an important part of our year, every year, every, excuse me, let me slow down, every year, and We're excited for all God's done. Um, You may be feeling a little bit too warm right now, and that's because we're a little bit too overexcited with the uh, air cons that we installed last year as part of legacy, and went whoa! Everyone's going to fall asleep if we don't do something about that. But if you were here before, you would remember outdoor heaters that we had illegally in here before my time. Not my, not not my fault. And then we would crowd around them and go, "Just warm us up, please. Just warm, just warm us up." A few people remember that. So. there's something about legacy, something about giving that creates an environment, uh, not only physically uh, like warmth, but also also spiritually as well. And Chris already mentioned in the offering about one of those six areas, which was which was our influence into our youth ministry through a youth camp in January 2023. 20, uh, well, I was saying 2023 already, uh, which is awesome. But uh, as as we've spoken about, uh, what we'd love you to do is we have Legacy Sunday in two weeks' time. That's June 26th, when we're uh, bringing either an offering or a um, uh, or a pledge that, hey, I'm going to give over and above uh, over the next 12 months to see these legacy projects come to pass. If you're wanting the full plan, you can grab that out at our um, legacy sort of stand thing in the foyer there. But I would love you to uh, grab one of these cards. They're in the back of the seats in front of you. Take one home. And, and our heart is that you would just uh, prayerfully consider that you would ask God, hey, God, how do you want me to be part of this. Whatever that is for your season, whatever that is for your, um, your stage of life, and that then you would have the courage and the boldness to step into what God is asking of you. That's what Rachel and I will be doing. That's what we do each year, God. What are you speaking to us about how we're involved in this? And then, God, give us the courage, fill us with your power to step this through and see, uh, see you just come and, and move in our lives. So I encourage you to do that over uh, the course of the next couple of weeks and bring these. Uh, on that June 26th. But today we're going to look at a portion of Scripture which ties in so well with our um, child dedication this morning and uh, so powerful seeing Christine just declare that uh, over her family and over her kids. But we're going to turn to the book of Luke in the New Testament, chapter 1. Uh, I'm going to read a fair amount of Scripture and um, and then we're going to break it down from there. So I encourage you to read along. The verses will be on the screen behind me. Um, we yeah, anyway, let me, just, let me just read it. But before, actually, before I just read it, let, let, me just, let me just say this. That, you know, oftentimes we look at Scripture and maybe we think they're like, you know, um, great philosophical gems and one-liners that we can quote and do this. And, you know, it's the Word of God and it is and it is all that. But you know what it is as well? It's story. It's a story that is grounded in reality of what happened. And so I, I, I want to read the Word of God. I want to read a, a, a story about the, about the birth of uh, John the Baptist. but this is, this is not just like some nice you know sort of, sort of story. This is grounded in reality of what happened over 2,000 two years ago. So I'd love you as you're listening to it, think of the people, think of the story, think of what's, what's going on. So this is from verse five of Luke chapter one. It says, "In the time of Herod Bible, just you know, put it right, right there. Anyway, verse eight. Once, when Zacharias division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right hand side of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zachariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you and many will rejoice, excuse me because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He's never to take wine or other fermented drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he was born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God and he will go on before the... Go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zachariah asked, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. Notice that he just called himself old man, but had a little bit nicer language for his wife. There's a tip there, husbands, just just so you know. Let's keep going. Verse 19. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. This is. I'm going to insert the Marty version. It's like you're an idiot. I am Gabriel. I am an angel. I'm standing right here in front of you. What more proof do you need? Anyway, that was my addition. We'll, we'll keep moving. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zachariah and one wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When He came out, He could not speak to them. They realised He had seen a vision in the temple, for He kept making signs of them, but remained unable to speak. When the time of service was completed, He returned home. After this, His wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion, mostly because she had morning sickness. Okay, verse 25. The Lord had done this for me, she said. In these days He has shown His favour and taken away my disgrace among the people. Now, what we're going to do is we're just going to skip a few verses now, please forgive me, we're actually skipping the verses that talk about the birth of Christ, but we're just going to skip over those for a second because we're focusing on John the Baptist. Verse 39. At that time, Mary, mother of Jesus, got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby, remember, so Mary's got Jesus, um, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, "Blessed!" you among women? And blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of the Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of the greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfil his promise to her. We're going to skip another few verses. Then it says this, 57, when it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbours and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But the mother spoke up and said, No, he is to be called John. They said to her, There is no one among your relatives who has that name. When they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child, he asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue set free and he began to speak praising God. All the neighbours were filled with awe and throughout the hill country of Judah, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. I don't know about you, but I love the opening chapter of the Gospel of Luke. If I can encourage you this week, would you just read through, I think it's about 80 verses, would you just read through that whole chapter of Luke? We skipped over a few bits just to save us some time, but it shows us this connectedness of this guy called John the Baptist and how connected the plan and the purpose is for his life to the birth of Jesus Christ. Um, we're actually going to look at this scripture next week as well because I got about three quarters to writing this message and I'm like mm, this message is either going to be an hour or it's either going to be over two weeks so you're all glad that it's going to be over over, to, over two weeks but um, in our life groups and uh, sorry life group leaders heads up but we're going to we're going to look at this chapter Luke 1 either this week or next in our life groups we'll send you out notes and resources and stuff but I encourage you Luke chapter 1 uh, let's let's get into it so a little bit more background for you just before we Keep moving, um, it was prophesied that there would be a man, a forerunner, that would come before the Messiah Jesus, a man in the wilderness preparing the way that that prophecy is found in Isaiah chapter forty, and we 've just read about this man 's birth so, so this is talking about John the Baptist, as you can tell, it was not an ordinary conception. And birth, although it's never ordinary, the, the gift of life is always a miracle, is always profound, is always is always amazing. But let's just think about this for a second through our theme of legacy, through this lens of legacy. The time has come for God to set the wheels in motion, for Jesus to come in the flesh. As part of God's master plan with this, there was someone who was going to come before a forerunner who was going to prepare the way for Jesus. So so God knows this and He's looking to bring this legacy of Jesus Christ, the one that splits time into the most significant event in the entire history of the planet, the, the coming of the Son of God in the flesh. So He's getting ready for this to happen and He's looking through to say, i I want to bring someone through, a forerunner. I want to bring someone to prepare the way. Uh, A guy that I've, you know, God in His infinite wisdom has already decided is called John. Okay, and and I'm looking for where can I bring this forerunner, this person that goes before, where, where can I bring this man through? And so God in His wisdom decides upon Zachariah and Elizabeth. But what I want to do this morning is I know we read a lot of scripture and surely you should be able to do that in church so that's that's okay but what I want to zero in on is the part just before the angel Gabriel comes and speaks to Zachariah. You, you see, I, I want to look at what are the circumstances around Zechariah and Elizabeth's life. You see, Zachariah, it said, is a priest. He's serving God. He's being obedient to what God has called him to. And, and look at the description. I'll read it again. It's just verse six and seven. Of him and Elizabeth. It says, both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly, but they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Wow, what a statement from God. Like put that as a character reference. Like, hey, I'm going for a job. Here's my character reference. Like, oh, what's that interesting gold seal? Oh, it's just from the God of creation. This is what he says about me. He says, I'm amazing. I'm, you know, blameless in his sight. Okay, job's yours. Do you have any skills? No, we don't care. Character, that's enough. Put Put that one through. HR department celebrating. Can you imagine that type of character reference from God? You see, it says Zachariah and Elizabeth, they were obedient to God, They are people of faith. They are people of consistency. They served. They they read their Bible. They, you know, obviously were known in the community as people that serve God and put Him first in every part of their life, but they were childless. You see, barrenness in the culture of the time was seen as a great shame. We, We get a hint of this in verse 25 when Elizabeth praises God and says, "'He has taken away my disgrace.'" It was actually seen uh, in the culture of the time that, that she must have done something wrong and it was God cursing her. That's why she couldn't bear a baby. Incorrect, by the way, but that's, that's how they viewed uh, being, being barren. So here is this couple serving God. They're on track with Him. They're passionate. They're not caught up with things of the world, yet it looks like God has forgotten them. When the angel uh, Gabriel first addresses Zechariah, he says that his prayer has been heard and Elizabeth will bear a son. So, so not only have Zechariah and Elizabeth been following God, they've been following His ways, they've aligned their lives with, 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 his, with his life. Not only that, but they have been praying and believing for a child. They they haven't been just like, okay, let's just see what happens. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. No, no. They've been in prayer saying, God, we are believing for this promise. We are believing for something to to come into our lives. We have this desire. They're believing for this promise to come to pass, but as yet, it hasn't. Have you ever found yourself in the same situation? Ever found yourself in a similar situation? circumstance. It may not be in regards to having a baby, or or, or it might be. We don't know everyone's personal story here. But have you been believing God for a promise to come forth, a breakthrough to take place, but it hasn't actually happened yet? Uh, I probably won't do a show of hands because it's probably all of us at some point in our lives, or maybe for many of us right here, right now. You see, often in these situations, we may think, well, it's not happening, so obviously I haven't prayed hard enough, or maybe I need more faith, or maybe I need less doubt, or is there unconfessed sin in my life? You know, maybe someone has even has even said to you, hey, it's not happening, so have you tried this prayer strategy? Have you walked around it six times silent and then shouted on the seventh? Have you taken communion every morning and then declared the blood of Jesus? Have you just declared, word of faith, it will happen, it will happen, it will happen? All those things are great. All those things are fine. They're, they're, they're part of maybe a prayer strategy that we have. And, um, you know, the different, you know, different um, structures can help to stir our faith in terms of prayer and believing for things. So all those things are, all those things are great. But here's the deal. What, what, what we learn from, here, from this scripture is that you can be right on track with God, yet not seeing the promise. You can be right on track with God, but yet not seeing the promise. You can be in the right place at the right time, with the right people, obeying God, following His will for your life, and still look around you and not see any fruit. Well, a certain type of fruit. We'll get to, we'll get to that in a few minutes. Here's where the uh, incorrect prosperity gospel, the follow Jesus and He will make you healthy, wealthy and wise all your days of your life falls down because Zachariah and Elizabeth are faithful, blameless before God, but still barren. And the scripture says, just to throw it in there as well, both very old, I, I don't know what situation maybe you're thinking of that's maybe current in your life right now, or maybe maybe past. But but I remember for Rachel and I, the last uh, couple of years in Sydney before we moved here, we probably felt a little bit like this. We're like, God, you've got something for us There's a promise. We believe there's a church in us, but there's just no doors opening at the moment. Or oh, God, have you have you forgotten uh, uh, about us? Like, what's what's going on? We believe, God, that you've got something for our lives, but it doesn't look like it's happening. At the moment, but we were there, still serving God faithfully, leading faithfully where God had placed us for that season. I I like the Martin Luther King quote that's actually out there at the um, the legacy stand there, and he says this: "The end of life is not to be happy, nor to achieve pleasure and avoid pain, but to do the will of God, come what may." So, for Zachariah and Elizabeth, what's missing? What's, what's, what's missing in their lives? No child for years. And the angel Gabriel's turned up and says, hey, guess what? Your prayer's been heard. It's like now's the moment. Now's the time. And so this morning, hopefully I've made a few points already, but officially this is point number one, uh, if, if you're taking notes. Number one is this, is that timing matters. Timing matters matters you see it's God's timing not our timing now that doesn't mean that God is ultra slow because you know he's got a long beard and he's older and he's ancient and so that's the that that's the problem you know he's really he's really slow no no his time is perfect and our timing is imperfect our timing sees the small picture but his timing sees the big picture our timing is often self-focused. God, what about me? Why haven't I seen this? Why hasn't this come through for me? I want this to happen. I want this to go on. Come on, God, like what, 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 what's the plan here? But His timing is others-focused. You see, God had a plan for this child, for John the Baptist to be a forerunner for Jesus, but He couldn't be a forerunner if He was born years and years before Christ. I'm sure uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth, they first, they first wanted uh, a, a baby many years before that, but God's timing was bigger than their initial plans. You see, God had to meet, sorry, not God, John had to meet Jesus in the womb and be filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb. Doesn't that just blow, doesn't that just blow your, 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 your mind? Like, doesn't that show you, just to sidetrack for a second, doesn't that show you God's care and concern for the unborn and that life begins at conception. Like what, 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 what a powerful thing that he was filled with the Spirit, even, even in the womb. We won't look at it now, but John was the guy who baptised Jesus. He was also responsible, like we talked about, for preparing a generation for the coming Messiah. So God had a specific time in mind for John. Zachariah and Elizabeth were praying for their breakthrough. They were believing for their promise. And and, and I feel like, this is just my interpretation, it's not in the Bible, but I feel like God, just to be clear, I feel like God's in heaven. He's like, I know, I can hear you guys, but but just trust me. Would you just trust me? There's a timing for this, because trust me, this is so much bigger than maybe what you just think. I've got a plan. I've got an overarching vision and dream for this world, and your son is gonna play an important part, but would you just trust me? There's some timing issues here. You see, John the Baptist, his time of birth was centered around what God was doing in the world. And can I encourage you, it's the same for you. Your miracle, if it's the will of God, is connected to the plan of God that he is making in the the world at large. It's connected to Jesus and it's connected to how he was moving in others. I'm sure you've often heard, maybe when you're waiting on God to to move in a situation like we're talking about, and and maybe some well-intentioned person has told you, well, you know, done a Christian slap on the back, said amen, and said, well... God's maybe just trying to teach you something. And you're like, wow, I feel so encouraged right now. I want to slap you, but the Bible says I'm allowed to, so, I, so, 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 so I'm not. Maybe you felt like that before, or maybe, you know, um, you know maybe, you, you look, maybe someone said to you, well, obviously God wants to do something in your life before the miracle takes place. And you know what, that's, that's often true if I reflect back on my journey, I know countless times that God has needed to do something in me before He's brought forth the miracle that that I'm believing for. But can I just say, sometimes it's just about the time. Sometimes it's just about God's timing. And we trust Him that His timing is perfect. We let go of our own control. We do as Saint Augustine says, which is pray as if everything depends on God and work as if everything depends on us. Because it's it's both. We need to do the stuff that we need to do, but we also need to pray and trust God and honor His sovereignty and know that you know what God's timing is perfect. And you know, I'm not sure what situation you're in right now. Maybe there's an area that you're praying into and believing God for. Maybe you're in a celebration point. Maybe maybe you're like Elizabeth as Mary comes and you're in the celebration. Hey, look what God has done and how He's turned this thing around and how He's brought healing or how He's opened a door of opportunity. This is is amazing. But can I encourage you that wherever you are, His timing is always perfect. His timing is always perfect. Um, Trust Him. And understand in humility that you're just one piece on this giant chessboard that God is just getting into position because he's about to do something powerful. So so, so number one is timing matters. Number two is this, is simply check your fruit. Now, I'm not talking about what um, apples you like the most. We call the children in our home apple snobs because they'll only eat pink lady apples. Snobs, snobs. Thank you, Jesus. They were down per kilo yesterday at Coles, by the way. Also, I think I saw half the church at Halls Head Central yesterday, so it was great. So good to see you. Um, but, but it's about checking your fruit. You see, the Bible uses a lot of agricultural and natural world metaphors because obviously people at the time understood these. We still do today. And also God is the Creator, So he created these patterns and seasons and things in our natural world on purpose, not by accident. So this concept of fruit representing what is produced by and in our lives is is a common theme throughout the Bible. But really, there's like these two big categories of fruit. There's the ones that we tend to think of first, and they're the good things that happen Uh, in the exterior world of our life. So an example might be, we might study hard academically or work hard in our trade. And so it produces the result of a good job or a thriving business or um, a high ATAR result, all all, all those things. And what that is, is that's fruit externally in Our lives, Even in the church world, we talk about uh, the fruit that we're seeing, people making decisions to follow Jesus, families dedicating children, finances given, leaders raised, people stepping up into the gifting and calling that they have on their lives. All those things and many more are fruit that we see and that's produced externally, things that we can see that are healthy and are prosperous. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. We want to see that type of fruit in our lives. We want to see that type of fruit in, in this church as well. But most of those external fruits, they're seasonal fruits. They're seasonal fruits. I know we often buy into the lie that everything in our life should be up and to the right on the graph. It should be always better. It should be always more prosperous. It should always be achieving achieving more. But yes, you want your business to grow and expand and prosper. And there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes there's a downturn that's out of your control and maybe it's not because you've made poor decisions, it just happens. Sometimes it doesn't go the way that you planned it because there are seasons. But there's another type of fruit that I want to speak about as we get uh, pretty close to closing. Maybe Lisa can come and join me on the keys here. There's another type of fruit that's always in season and it's actually the most important fruit and whatever is going on externally, this type of fruit, the one I'm about to talk about, can always be budding, can always be taking shape, and it can always be ripening. And this is found in many places in the Bible. But we're going to read quickly Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Remember, God called Zechariah and Elizabeth obedient to his commands and his decrees. And, and don't worry, I know we read it, we'll get to Zechariah's response to the angel a little bit. So I'm building him up as being amazing, and then we're about to, you know, take him down a few notches next week, but it's alright. We'll get to we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But regardless, they may not have had at that point in time much external fruit so to speak of of the promise of God of a child but they continued to produce the fruit of the Spirit that's why God calls them blameless and amazing in in uh, following his commands and following his decrees you see whatever season you're facing the fruit of the Spirit I want to tell you is always in season it's always the right time to let your love to let love and joy fill your heart in spite of what's going on externally it's always a great day for more self-control especially when it's wet and people that don't know how to drive and car parks and all those things it's always the right time for more self-control and i want to encourage you yes pray for miracles seek God say God I'm believing for a, a breakthrough a, a child my business to breakthrough. this to open up this opportunity this door this door to open up for, for, for what's coming on but while you're still doing that Still allow your interior world to be shaped by the Word of God, to be infused with His Spirit so that wherever we are, whatever we are doing, we are bearing the fruit of God's Spirit on the inside of us. And can I say when we bear that on the inside, it always breaks forth on the outside. It always breaks forth. That is part of producing a legacy. That we let God form us from the inside out. That we let His love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, Gentleness, self-control that we let it fill our hearts, break out, and there's something powerful about that. You know, I was talking to someone at work the other day, interesting character, this person was uh, on a bit of a journey of faith, still still taking some small steps. But you know the thing that has started to get him over the line is an interaction that he's had with a number of of people that all work at the same place, not me. Well, hopefully I've sort of contributed to it, but I'm not, I'm not talking about me specifically, um, about this place that he goes to regularly that's not officially a Christian organisation, so to speak of, but the staff there have gone about their everyday ordinary life filled obviously by the Spirit of God Filled by the fruit of the Spirit, of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all those things. And that's the thing that has impacted him. You know, he said to me that he goes to this place, he sees the light in all these people. And then he says he finds out that they all, all these people that, that he sees as these, these light bringers have a faith in God. And that is what God is using to draw this person to him. You see, remember, legacy, like we've talked about each week, is not what we leave for someone. It's not just, sorry, I shouldn't rephrase that. It's not just what we leave for someone, but it's more about what we leave in people. It's more about what we leave in people. Like I said, let's not forget that timing matters and that we want to check the fruit. want to check the fruit. Might not be seeing that external fruit of, you know, overcoming of miracles, of breakthroughs at the moment. That's okay. I want to encourage you. Sorry, this won't be on the screen because I just added it. I want to encourage you with this scripture, Galatians 6, 9, 10. It says, And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are in the household of faith. Across this place, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. I want to take a couple of moments in prayer as the band comes and joins me. Jesus, I thank you right now. I believe that there's a few people here and you needed to hear that timing message. You you, you needed to hear not the message from me. You needed to hear the message from God, from the Holy Spirit that says sometimes it's just His timing sometimes it's just his timing and as you continue to trust him in faith as you continue to trust him in hope then god has the right time for you sorry not to single you out but matt and kayla it's timing it's timing i believe that so strongly for you guys it's timing and I, and I just see that god's gonna is has already been moving powerfully in your life that you have embodied that uh that internal fruit of the spirit being uh coming forth in your lives and it's coming out all over the place in your conversations and your actions and how you're living for god but the, the miracle you're believing for i believe is timing and so I just thank you right now for Matt and Kayla, Lord God. I just declare right now, we just submit God to your timing right now. And as a church family, we just encourage them right now about your timing about your faithfulness, about your purpose, about about your hope. God, we thank you right now, Walter in business and Nicole, I believe it's a timing thing as well. Timing, timing. I just speak right now into that situation. I just declare that the timing of God will be perfect. How that scenario plays out, that God it is your timing in their, in their lives because there is a bigger plan and a bigger picture than they've even imagined. I just speak into that right now and I declare, Lord God, do not grow weary in doing good for a due time you will reap a harvest of righteousness if you do not give up I declare that timing into their lives right now in the name of Jesus I thank you right now Charmaine I believe it's the same for you it's timing it's timing right now I just thank you right now for the gifts of God that you've placed on Charmaine's life but God I just thank you for your timing I thank you for your working internally in her life right now that there'll be such a, a breaking out of the fruit of the spirit in your life that everyone around you will see I I feel like this Charmaine I and mean, you think you've had your change and you have from have a powerful testimony of coming to Christ but there's another level of transformation coming there's another level of healing there's another level of wholeness there's another level of something powerful happening in your life right now I thank you for your spirit come on right across this place every head bowed every eye closed maybe the timing for you right now is that you haven't made a decision for Christ or maybe you have But, you know, something's come to bring a disconnect in that relationship. I want to encourage you that right now, God is saying to you, now's the time to make a decision for me. Now's the time to align your life with Jesus Christ. In a moment, we're going to pray. And if you'd like to be included in that prayer, a prayer of salvation that declares our love and our trust in Jesus, right now, would you just lift your hand wherever you are, I am not bring out the front or embarrass you, but we do want to help that point of decision between you and God. Is there someone like that? Just really bravely right now, would you lift your hand and say yes to Jesus Christ? Thank you right now, Lord God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Church, let's pray this prayer uh, together. Let's, let's declare it right now. Dear Lord Jesus, this morning I give you my life From this day forward, I'm going to live to serve you. I'm going to live to honor you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.